You'll come with me to Acts chapter 12. This very strong contrast we see here with James and then later Peter just gives us a chance to think about a couple lessons, some things that we probably already know, but it's just good to remind us. The beginning of Acts chapter 12, it says, About that time Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter, but he kept him, uh, waiting till after the Passover. And then we know that Peter was miraculously saved or delivered from the imprisonment. So when I think through you know, this series of events that we read in the book of Acts, there's just several things that come to mind. And the first thing that comes to mind is that nobody lives forever. We know in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 that death will overtake everyone. And when I put my into the shoes of not just these apostles but just the church at Jerusalem and you think about the violent hands that are being laid on them as they're persecuted James being taken and killed and then sometime later just Peter taken they're thinking wow I mean an apostle what is happening here right it'd be shocking and though they I'm sure that they prayed for James as they Peter in such a situation they we know that he they prayed for him as well the point that comes to mind as far as nobody living forever is just thinking about ourselves in the work of the church. We're, of course, not going to live forever, but we need to conduct ourselves in the church in a way so that the work can carry on, so it can be sustained. So whether it's you know, the fact that maybe I have a certain responsibility, uh, but looking for someone that can succeed that responsibility, that can take over that work that I'm equipping, that they can come along and, and carry on the work just the same or, or even better. And that's where I think the example of Moses is such a great example because we see him developing Joshua, right? And as Moses is able to step aside and Moses dies, Joshua is ready to lead the people. So one of the great lessons of leadership there is that we need to prepare a successor. We need to be equipping. And then just the other perspective in that is that maybe I'm not that person that's up there doing this or in the background doing this or that, but I need to see the importance of getting myself connected with people that are doing things that have similar gifts and abilities and work towards allowing myself to be equipped so I can be that person that's going to step up and carry the work forward. Because we know it's not about any one person being indispensable. We don't want that. We do not want to create a situation where one person seems indispensable. That's unhealthy. We need to have it to where the work can be sustained and carry forward. So nobody lives forever. We need to keep that in mind and make sure that we're conducting the work of the church so that it sustains and it carries forward into the future generations until Jesus returns. The second thing that comes to mind is to always pray. We see the situation with James and God allows him to die. But then Peter's in prison, and we could imagine them thinking, well, maybe the same's about to happen. But we know that they prayed, and they prayed diligently. We understand just as they understand that sometimes God says no, but that he doesn't always say no. They remained faithful, knowing that God will answer according to his wisdom. I mean, if we just try to answer the question, why did God let James die, we don't know. But perhaps it's so we can learn these lessons or for some other reason. But whatever it is, learning to always pray is an important lesson that we must think about. 
Now, if you come into Luke chapter 18, we have the great lesson about the persistent widow in dealing with the unrighteous judge. And if we know that in her persistence, the unrighteous judge was willing to look, relent and give as she desired, that we know that our Father, who really desires to bless us, will do so in our persistence. So no matter what the circumstances are, we must always pray and not lose heart. Those were the words of Jesus in the story of Luke chapter 18. Always to pray and not lose heart. So when I think about this particular situation, that's the second lesson that comes to mind. The third lesson is that what happens to us is not necessarily an indication of God's approval or disapproval. And I know that most of us, you know, we understand that completely, but it's just man's tendency that when bad things happen, even if it's to ourselves, we wonder, what have I done to deserve this? And we think about our actions and think about what needs to be changed in that regard as though what's happened is an indication of my bad behavior or heart that's not right and so forth. And it's not always such. And just the opposite is true. Sometimes we look out and we see someone that's being blessed and we think, what are they doing that, that I'm not doing? Because they're being blessed for this reason and I'm not and I want to be blessed. And we're looking at that in all the wrong way. And you see that manifested in certain books, you know, like the prayer of Jabez, the, the author of that book talks about praying in a certain way, not to please God or because it produces the right heart before God, but it said if you pray in the right way, then you'll receive blessings. Like it's a formula or something. So it's like you're using this thing to get what you want. It's not about honoring God or submitting to God or pleasing God. It's about me. And that's completely wrong. So of course, when they prayed, for Peter, they were putting their faith in God and trusting that God would answer according to his good will. And they would trust in that will. And obviously, that's what we have to do. We have to trust in God's good will and be faithful no matter what. We know from Matthew chapter 5, you know, Jesus taught us that the rain is going to fall on the just and the unjust. And God is going to allow his son to shine on the evil as well as the good. It's not for us to always understand these things. And these things are not always an indication of what's deserving or God's approval or disapproval. So we shouldn't look at it that way. It's the wrong way. All right, the next thing that comes to mind is we need to learn to rejoice with those who rejoice and, of course, weep with those who reap. We run that Paul writing to the Christians at Rome. But you think about this particular situation. James and Peter both had brothers as well as other close relationships. So when James died, John, his brother, is weeping for a brother that has just died. And then when Peter is taken, Andrew's worried about his brother. But then when Peter's released, Andrew's rejoicing. And you can imagine the other relationships in the church and just the complexity of those who are wanting to weep while others are wanting to rejoice. And then we carry that into our own lives. We may be having something going on in our lives where we are sad, we are sorrowful, and rightfully so. But then a brother or sister is rejoicing, and they're right to be doing so. We have to learn how to put aside and rejoice with those who rejoice. And those of us who are being blessed and rightfully rejoicing, then we have to learn how to put that aside at times and be willing to help our brothers and sisters go through the emotions that they have and work through that. We have to, bottom line, is be able to put ourselves aside to serve others, to be there for our brothers and sisters, whether it's in rejoicing 
or in weeping. And we know that that can be difficult. That's why we say we have to learn to do it. So the first step is doing it for the first time and being aware of the feelings of our brothers and sisters. Now, the last thing that comes to mind as I think about this is being able to serve God no matter what happens. And you know, when these typically when these things, types of things happen, you know, it's normal to doubt and it's normal to ask questions. I mean, when you read the scriptures, you see faithful people like Job asking questions. There's nothing wrong with that. You even have Abraham at one point questioning the absolute justice of God. These are questions. But no matter what happens, and whether we understand it or not, we have to learn how to serve God from where we are with the ability that we have, no matter what those circumstances may be. And even if there was some hypothetical situation where James is, is asking Jesus, you know, why did you allow me to die, which wouldn't make sense whether he's in paradise or heaven, but he's probably not worried about it at that point. But in the less we think those things, and something happens, and we say, well, why did God allow that to happen? And then we come back to the words that Jesus wrote in John chapter 20 or 21 as he was talking to Peter. And he's basically just telling him, you know, whatever happens, you know, that's, that's on me, right? That's for me to decide. That's not for you, so don't worry about it. You follow me. And that's the lesson that we must take. No matter what the circumstances are of life, it's not for us to question. It's for us to simply follow Christ, to trust God and to be faithful, to use the gifts and abilities that he's given us and stay faithful, continue in the path. So as I bring these lessons to a head, and I think through that nobody lives forever so that we need to be mindful of the way that we equip and the way that we succeed things so that the work of the church can continue, that we always pray, no matter what the circumstances may be, no matter what's happened in the past, but that we trust in God's goodwill and knowing that he wants to come to us and he wants us to be persistent we keep coming to him and bringing those thoughts and bringing those prayers to him, and we never lose heart. No matter what happens, whether it's blessings or struggles and trials of life, we don't look at that as an indication of God's approval or disapproval. We trust in his goodwill and know that it's going to bring about what's best in our life if we are living with faithful obedience. That's how we know we have God's approval, not what's happened to us our faithful obedience so we trust in that and know that through our faithful obedience the ultimate reward will be ours we will inherit that crown of life in time but we have not been promised that we will have blessing upon blessing in this life what we have promised and we see it all around whether you're a christian or not is you will have struggles you'll have the ups and downs of life but as a christian we've been blessed that we have the source that provides all things that we need to go through those and go through, through, the, through those in a way, not only to bless ourselves, to, to bless those around us and ultimately shine a light that will bring glory unto our God. And as I mentioned earlier, we have rest waiting for us. We have the hope of an eternal life with God the Father in a place where there are no tears, where there is no sorrow. We as the Christian, we have those things. So we can't allow ourselves to get caught up and the foolishness of trying to think that something that happens or doesn't happen is based upon God's approval or disapproval. Then finally, we have to, in our maturity, learn to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep because we learn to set ourselves aside and be there to the benefit of those around us. We become the selfless servant like our, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's ultimately, obviously, what we're trying to attain to. Be like Christ, 
We see his life upon the earth and the way he had to lean upon the Father. And if we read through the Gospels and really crawled into Jesus' skin, think about how exhausting it would be to have the disciples and all these other people just, just not just leaning on him, but just, just trying him in their weakness so often. But he's that rock. What we're trying to become mature and become that rock for those around us. But if we can't get the awareness to put ourselves aside and see what our brothers and sisters will need, then we'll never be able to attain to that level of maturity and we'll never become useful like we could become useful to the Father. This life is about kingdom work. Our usefulness is what we should be focused on, what we can do for the Lord in this life till our time is up. And then lastly, serving God no matter what, remembering the words of Jesus that whatever is to be done, that's his business. It's not our business. Our business is to simply follow Jesus. So in conclusion, I come back to Ecclesiastes. We know that death will overtake anyone, but it also says that death will come like a sudden snare. So in order to break the power of that sudden snare, we need to obey the gospel. If we have anybody that is ready and ready to confess that Jesus is the Son of God and is willing to come and be baptized, to be washed clean of their sin and to repent of those sins and walk into newness of life, then please come as we stand and sing. Oh, our